Dr. Robert Schuler authored a book called If It's To Be, It's Up To Me. And in it, he wrote, the 21st century belongs first and foremost to a new mental breed of humans driven by a strong, sensitive, spiritual individualism. The truth is, there's only one person on earth who can dream your dreams. That person is you. And there's only one person alive who can kill your dreams, and that person is you as well. So this year, what shall it be? It's your life. You get to live it. Will you do that consciously, intentionally, on purpose this year? That's what this month's theme is about, right? It's setting the stage, setting the tone for living 2023 more consciously awake and more spiritually in tune. Affirm this powerful realization now. If it is to be, it's up to me. Say it with me. If it is to be, it's up to me. The power that we call God is a dynamic, creative, divine energy that continually expresses through you and through your thinking and your beliefs and your attitudes. The founder of Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes, said, the power behind all things is without limit, but in working for us, it must work through us. Realizing then that while the power is limitless, it must become operative through our own thought, then we shall see what we need is not some greater power, but a greater consciousness, a deeper realization of life, a more sublime concept of being, a more intimate concept of an already indwelling God. And each week this month, you've received tools for a greater consciousness, a deeper realization of life, and a more sublime concept of being, a more intimate concept of an already indwelling God. And today, we have three more. Today, we have the three R's, not the ones you're thinking of, the reading, writing, and arithmetic. It is not those. Instead, they are refocus, renew, and recommit. Refocus your awareness, renew your mind, and recommit your heart. So first is refocusing your awareness. Today, let us refocus our awareness on God's good, knowing it's always operating and we can trust that. We experience that which we look at the most. So what are we looking at? At Luke uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 34, the scripture says, The lamp of your body is your eye. When, therefore, your eye is bright, your whole body will also be lighted. Are we spending more time looking at the problems in our life? Or are we disciplining ourselves to see the good? To know that God's good is the central presence and purpose in all all circumstances. God is good all the time. Say it with me. God is good all the time. I love that. If you have ever been to Agape, 
That is how Reverend Dr. Michael Beckworth keeps people focused. Because if he sees people going, he says, God is good. (laughs) And everybody yells back all the time. God is here, everywhere, present, right now. God is good, and that means good exists everywhere, even in the most challenging situations. When we don't see the good, it is not because the good is not present, but because we are simply not aware of the good that is present. The Bible story of David and Goliath offers a powerful message for us even today. In the story, David at that time, a small shepherd boy. He was bringing food to his brothers who were Israelite soldiers under King Saul's command. He'd heard people talking about the giant Philistine soldier, the seemingly undefeatable Goliath who was terrorizing the Israelites. And so David volunteered to Saul saying, let no man's heart fail because of him, because of that giant Your servant, I, will go and fight this Philistine. And at first, the king brushed off David. How could a mere kid take on a massive warrior? But David was persistent, probably even a pest. And this story spends an awful lot of time describing Goliath's fearsome height, his bulk, his weighty armor. And they're so vividly described that way for a reason. Remember, everything is allegorical. They're to let us know that this story is about us. We tend to see the Goliaths of our lives, the problems, as massive and overwhelming, as potentially insurmountable. We measure ourselves against what feels immense, becoming entirely caught up in our belief about that Goliath's power. Consider a Goliath in your life right now. Something that's maybe kept you awake. Ask yourself this question. Am I focusing on the size of the problem? And if so... What is happening as a result? Am I worrying myself to bits? Am I fighting for some kind of control? Control is an illusion, my friends. Am I getting anywhere with my worrying and fighting? What would happen if you consciously refocused your awareness on God's good rather than the massive strength of your problem. Instead of bringing our big problems to God, how about bringing big God to our problems, right? Because when King Saul finally allowed David to take on Goliath, he outfitted the young shepherd with a helmet, armor, and a sword. Kind of heavy for a little guy, right? David was going into battle and therefore given tools that appeared to fit the circumstance. We, too, tend to take on our Goliaths by following protocol, by following the way of the world. And remember, Jesus taught us to be in the world, but not of the world. So if you do things the way you've always done them, you'll get the results you've always gotten. There is always, always another way. David, for instance, didn't feel supported by that armor. 
He felt weighted down. He knew better than to try and tackle a giant in giant's garb. He knew that he should shrug off that armor. And he reached instead for the staff he used to herd his sheep. And he chose five smooth stones from the riverbed and put them in his bag with his sling. And David said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. In other words, he chose to focus his awareness on the power of God within him. Armed with the tools that he knew to be his strength and armed with faith in the strength of spirit working through him. David used his slingshot to hurl a stone at Goliath. And we all know what happened. The giant fell. David knew that no matter how diminutive he appeared, that his faith was bigger than any boastful soldier could ever be. I don't know what your Goliath may be right now, but I do know that if you draw upon the resources that are natural to you, if you draw upon your faith in spirit and, like David, willingly step out, you will Harness that divine strength that leads to greatness. The David experience says, I can do this. My size isn't a barrier. My age isn't a barrier. My education isn't a barrier. And everything that looks like armor that I might put on to protect me really does nothing but confine me. Whatever I face is nothing compared to who I am. You don't need to add anything to become more powerful. The power is already within you and it is greater than you know. Choose to refocus your awareness on this. Refocus your awareness by reminding yourself there is no problem confronting me that can begin to match the awesome power of spirit within me. Now on to number two, renew your mind. I think one of the greatest new thought statements in the Bible is from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, and it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's cool, right? Here's a true story about someone who renewed her mind to transform her life from poverty and struggle to great success. It was 1977 when this speaker took the podium at a small college in South Carolina. And the auditorium was filled with students who were excited about the opportunity to hear a person of her important stature speak. After the governor gave the introduction, the speaker moved to the microphone, looked at the audience from left to right, and began... I was born to a mother who was deaf and could not speak. I did not know who my father was. I still don't. The first job I ever had was in a cotton field. The audience was spellbound. She continued, nothing has to remain the way it is if that's not the way we want it to be. 
It isn't luck, and it isn't circumstances, and it isn't being born a certain way that causes a person's future to become what it becomes. And she softly repeated, nothing has to remain the way it is if that's not the way we want it to be. All we have to do to change a situation that brings unhappiness or dissatisfaction is to answer the question, how do I want this situation to be? Then we must commit totally to personal actions that carry us there. And then a beautiful smile shone forth as she said, my name is Azzy Taylor Morton, and I stand before you today as treasurer of the United States of America. There is huge freedom in this story. It is what makes new thought so powerful in our lives. Nothing has to remain the way it is if it's not the way we want it to be. It's your life. You get to live it. You want to renew your mind about something? All you have to do is answer that question. How do I want this situation to be? Then commit totally to personal beliefs that support your success and carry out the actions that'll get you there, which is our third R this morning, recommit. Recommit your heart to what? To beliefs and actions that support living your life, the life you choose. And a good place to start that would be with the basic tenets of the science of mind. There is a rather wise and witty saying I've heard some students of the science of mind use, and that is, if you were accused of being a religious scientist, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I love this, because as I've said many times up here, one of my favorite quotes from the science of mind is the very first sentence. We all look forward to the day when science and religion shall walk hand in hand through the visible to the invisible. That saying plays right into it, doesn't it? Would there be enough evidence? So first... We must take an inventory of our spiritual practices. This is the perfect time to refine them, to retool them where needed. Perhaps work with a spiritual coach or practitioner to make sure you're on track. They can really help you see where you might have a blind spot or two. Charles Darwin said, It is the long history of humankind and animal kind too, that those who have learned to collaborate and improvise most most effectively have prevailed. Sometimes on our own, we don't do so well, right? My spiritual practices always seem to work better when I have a tool. Um, Usually it's a quote or a point of inspiration that I can turn to when when I've got to get my thinking back to where it needs to be. Um, And I know I talk about this frequently, but One of the lines that stops me from worrying about things is Ernest Holmes, to the one who can perfectly practice in action, all things are possible. And I can tell you with absolute honesty and transparency that I consciously turn my mind to that phrase several times every day. 
Every time I begin to feel a sense of fear or worry or stress, its meaning changes and grows throughout each experience that I apply it to. And right now, the key is in the word perfect. It's easy to simply sit back and let life bring what it will, right? That's definitely the inaction part. (laughs) But the perfectly practiced inaction, perfectly practiced inaction is to know without an iota of doubt that spirit is always working toward our greatest good and that despite any potentially stressful or worrying appearances, all is necessary to lead us to that better life. And moreover, I'm learning right now that when I apply that knowing, in every situation, things for others involved in that circumstance also shift in a gentle and positive direction. That was unexpected, but it was very cool to see. Obstacles just kind of seemed to peacefully fall away. And I got some proof of that this week, which I'm keeping to myself. The new line I'm using lately is the one I introduced to you guys last week. And you remember that experiment um, started by those two college girls, the TikTok that I saw? Um, The one that's become a global trend. Because multiple times a day, people all over the world are saying their own version of this phrase, and it does vary, but the concept is the same, and that is, I am so lucky, everything always works out for me. And without exception, it is proving true in the lives of thousands of people. I can't wait to see what it does for my life. I can't even begin to imagine, since it seems like everything already always works out for me. So I want to see where we go from here. I'm, I'm liking the surprise that anticipation is a beautiful thing, right? This morning, I invite you to recommit your heart to the basic tenets of science of mind because they will lead you to that greater life. I'd like to share with you Ernest Holmes' Declaration of Principles, also known as What We Believe. This is what he wrote for publication in the very first issue of Science of Mind magazine, and it has been included in every issue for the last 96 years. That is a long time, and it still stands. You can find it on our church website, and we also go over this in our new member class, and I've included a copy in your programs. So if you want to read along, it's easier to pull it all in if your eyes are doing the same thing your ears are, I find. We believe in God, the living Spirit Almighty, one indestructible, absolute, and self-existent cause. This one manifests itself in and through all creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. The manifest universe is the body of God. It is the logical and necessary outcome of the infinite self-knowingness of God. We believe in the individualization of the spirit in us and that all people are individualizations of the one spirit. 
We believe in the eternality, the immortality, and the continuity of the individual soul forever and ever expanding. We believe that heaven is within us and that we experience it to the degree that we become conscious of it. We believe the ultimate goal of life to be a complete freedom from all discord of every nature and that this goal is sure to be attained by all. We believe in the unity of all life and that the highest God and the innermost God is one God. We believe that God is personal to all who feel this indwelling presence. We believe in the direct revelation of truth through our intuitive and spiritual nature and that Anyone may become a revealer of truth who lives in close contact with the indwelling God. We believe that the universal spirit, which is God, operates through a universal mind, which is the law of God, and that we are surrounded by this creative mind which receives the direct impress of our thought and acts upon it. We believe in the healing of the sick and control of conditions through the power of this mind. We believe in the eternal goodness, the eternal loving kindness, and the eternal givingness of life to all. We believe in our own soul, our own spirit, and our own destiny, for we understand that the life of all is God. It's your life. Live it. This is the beginning of a whole new year. A new year full of possibilities and potentialities. Our decision to be fully alive and aware of God's good. A year to demonstrate more and more of God's good manifesting as peace, joy, abundance, love. And do this by refocusing your awareness, by renewing your mind, by recommitting your heart to spiritual beliefs and practices. To close, I'd like to share a meditation from the Science of Mind entitled, I Was Told to Live. By some inner mystic presence, I was told to live and to love, to laugh and to be glad I was told to be still and know of the almighty, one almighty power in and through all. I was told to let that power work in and through me. I believed that voice and I received my good. So let it be. And so it is. Amen.